Good morning, Charlie. Okay, I'm set. I'm in my car. I am. It's not getting warm. Hooray. Okay. Um. So, next morning segment. Consistency. The death's toll. Yeah, um... Um, consistency is kind of like one of the scary things. It's it's almost in the back of your mind. It's like always watching, trying to get it perfect. <laughs> you don't. You never get it perfect. But if you're willing to be like, I'm going to give this a go and try to be consistent. Just dwell, having your mind dwell on it and appreciate how difficult it is, that would probably go a long way. Um... So I'm reading this directly from the Level 2 book. Okay. On a given weekend, spectators, coaches, and players will want to see a consistent application of the law by a referee in a particular match. No friggin' brainer. Really? It seems a fair request, yet there are circumstances in an 80-minute game of rugby that will not allow the referee to maintain the same standard throughout the entire match. Players and teams might change their playing styles and attitudes. Shocking. And as they... I mean, they should actually change their styles and attitudes. At least styles, because... Whatever. Um, and therefore, the referee needs to observe the play and adapt his or her refereeing accordingly. So basically, what they've told us in this first paragraph is it's impossible to maintain consistent standards because players are going to change, and this game is all about adapting. I mean, I remember when I was a coach, and I'd be like, all right, guys, I'm going to teach you to ruck now. And we go through rucking drills for like a half hour. Just understanding where to put their body and how to go through different things and how to understand it. And I said, guys, the, the concept of this game is adapting. Okay? There's no A, then B, then C, then D process. It's, it's a guideline. It's a loose structure. It'll work most of the time. The principles are there. But if you can only ruck a certain way, you're not very useful to me. Because you're going to look at it, look at a ruck, and see somebody lying there and be like, what do I do? Shut up and hit it. <coughs> Excuse me again. Um, the following weekend, another referee is expected to be consistent, not only in that match, but also in relation to the weekend before. Perhaps those referees have never met. Furthermore, the referee him or herself might be expected expect consistency of performance with what he or she did last week. Some people might say the concept of consistency is a myth. You should examine the desire for consistency in the application of the law and question whether consistency is important as refereeing the game that's in front of you. Five quotes which follow will help you to understand the range of discussion involved with the concept of consistency. Okay, so we're trying to wonder if it's even real. The way that I was always explained it, I will say this before I read, the, read these quotes, which it's been a while since I've read them, so I don't remember them. The way that I remembered consistency was a knock-on in the first minute needs to be a knock-on in the 75th minute. This is why it is extra important you have those statement penalties in the beginning of the game. set those standards high so that later on it's not this massive gray area 
So, first quote of the day. It is probably not reasonable to expect total consistency from referees, given the pace at which the game is played and confusion which surrounds so many aspects of the game. So basically, it's not reasonable to expect total consistency, just given that the game is changing and there's a lot to take in, which is correct. <clears throat> quote B. There is a great concern over the consistency of the officials, and we demand quick action to improve the consistency of officiating. This includes dismissal of officials, education of officials and differences in the way the game is played, and to make sure that the officials conduct themselves in a consistent manner. Oh, they really hammered the consistent thing. Pretty drastic. I mean, I'm not saying that some referees should not be said, hey, we're going to take your whistle. You know, you're, you're no longer part of it, but... I think the big easy counter to that is, okay, then provide us with people who want to learn to be referees because that's the really diminishing market like crazy. Nobody wants to referee anymore. <clears throat> so I, that's my easy counter to that one. Yeah, I would love it if we had the tools and the ability to be consistent always. Problem is, we don't. We've got half-assed referees in a lot of cases who don't know what they're doing in a lot of cases, who haven't been to an education course in a lot of cases. And <coughs> they're not really trying to improve because we haven't given them tools to improve. So here we are. <coughs> There's not enough referees to get referee coached because all the referee coaches are already refereeing and there's nobody who can sit back and not, you know, and help them, you know, it can help them improve. So what's your answer to the shortage of referees that we have? Huh. Anyways, see, there are dramatic differences in interpretations by referees. Very true. Teams have had to adjust their game plans in numerous areas to counter the impact of a new breed of unpredictable whistleblowers. The major, major problem facing world rugby is inconsistent refereeing. Rugby is a world-quality sport depends on having the same referee interpretations around the world. Okay, um, yes, I agree with that. If you think about the top guys, the top 20 referees in the world, they're refereeing full-time. This is what they do, and I'm, I'm not comparing myself to them, but they have the education. I mean, if you look at the consistency of refereeing, it's like a spectrum, but in my mind... And yes, you get some people who blow every single knock-on and there's no advantage played ever, and there's some people who don't call a damn thing and it's always play on, play on, play on. So I I see that as a problem. I also see it as this is where we are in the world today. I remember I talked with Kurt Weaver and he just said, you know, basically when I was back in Ohio, doing regular stuff, I refereed Sunday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. <clears throat> those are the four days I could referee, and I refereed every day of those for two years, or something like that. It was something very intensive, and I'm like, I would love to referee four days a week. I mean, I don't think my wife would love it, because I'd be, you know, leave her home with the baby and stuff like that, but it's just like... If I could get paid a living wage to do that, uh, yeah, I'd do that. 
I'd referee with my daughter on my back. Are you kidding me? That'd be awesome. <clears throat> that's that's a weird image now. That, that wouldn't work. But, um... <clears throat> um... So interpretations around the world was that one. There's no doubt the differences in refereeing can be attributed to the fact that all the referees and touch judges come from different countries. That's, that's a valid point. Of course, I would like to see a greater degree of consistency in decision-making, but I think it is a great challenge for players to try and adjust to different styles each week. Of course, the main thing is to win the game, but that's not going to happen if the players keep giving the referee no alternative but to penalize them. If this continues throughout a game, it is hardly the official's fault. They are doing their jobs. That's pretty much where I would say it. It's the player's job to adjust to the referee. The referee calls it. There's that one law that the referee calls what he sees in that time, and that's the gig, you know, the end. And it's the, the referee is the person who makes that call. So it's the player's job to adapt. If not, they get Nigel Owens one week and they get me the next week, it's going to be quite different. No doubts about it. <clears throat> so they've got to adapt their style to my standards. If I'm doing my best to be consistent... Then they can kind of harass me and be like, Sir, you're not allowing us to play. You just allowed us to play 20 minutes ago, you know. <clears throat> so, it's just, that's much more my style of, it is the player's goal to adjust. It's the referee's job to go forward and give it a really honest go to do their best. And E, <clears throat> consistency is all you can ask for. They'll make mistakes. Maybe we as players are wrong some of the time and the referees got it right, but consistency is the word. If all referees are refereeing the same way, you know what to expect. Interesting. And so they just gave those five quotes on consistency. And task two, which is the next second. Identify those facets of specific phases of the game which are affected by a referee's consistency. Prioritize your choices with technical and or practical arguments. Use zero as an example. Zero, the phase is tackle. Facet, arriving players as number one priority. Argument, you get most infringements here. Uh, so basically what they did here is they highlighted a difficult part of the game. That's cool. I have no problems with that. Um, I don't really understand why they would do that, but... <coughs> Anyone can look at that and see that the tackle is a is a keynote area because it happens 100 to 200 times a game. Um, <clears throat> Identify those facets of specific phases of the game which are affected by a referee's consistency. So, so let me think about this one. If it's a tackle, <clears throat> the first question I ask is, has there been a tackle? What is my standard on a tackle? A player being held to ground that he can't progress the ball. <clears throat> okay, that's fair. If he hangs him on by the bootstring, bootstraps and his knee goes to ground and he jumps back up to his feet immediately but he can't carry on, <clears throat> he's got to look to use it. No questions, that's fine. Um, so what they're trying to do, I think... <clears throat> there is no magic wand that you can wave and you'll be like, we will be consistent from now on. It doesn't work that way. <clears throat> Excuse me. I still got that flow in my throat. That's gross. 
Um, I think if we as referees are trying to improve ourselves and trying to be portrayed as consistent throughout the entire game, <laughs> there was one time where I blatantly got called out for consistency. And this was a funny one. It was like, I'm getting coached by dick buyers. Nervous as shit. They bumped me up a couple grades. Or no, they bumped me down a couple grades. Um, so I got literally like the, the fifth grade guys. And these guys are just having a run on a Saturday morning at 8. And they're just like, yep, whatever. <clears throat> and I managed to get a game of rugby out of them. I, get, I managed to be like, hey, that's, that's not going to... these are big, you know, you know, Maori dudes. They're like massive. They're just looking down at me being... And so... About, I think it's like a total of like a 25 minute halves or something like that. I think they changed the times all there, over there. And this guy throws this pass across the back line. Now, Australian rugby is very much like they use the phrase let it sing. And they just let the ball fly. Let the ball do the work. Let the ball do the work. They would go across and across and across. And I just had a, it was fun. But this one pass. <clears throat> now, for my positioning, I was probably at the gain line, they passed it backward, or there was a kick, kick and chase, I'm jogging back with the forwards, or a little bit out of the forwards, and the winger who catches the ball, flings it 20 yards over to the fullback, and they move to carry on, and I don't know why, I was looking at it as like, at a T intersection, if I'm driving towards a T intersection, that was the pass, and I call, I blew the whistle. I called it forward. And I'm like, the moment I did it, everybody looked at me and was like, what the fuck? You know, you couldn't have seen that. And that was stupid. You know, like, there's no way you had a great angle on that. <clears throat> so, I just ducked my head and owned it and was like, alright, guys, that probably wasn't a forward pass. That's my bad. And I called it. So, I, I gotta own it. I gotta eat crow on that one. <clears throat> And, um, it was not a forward pass. <clears throat> Man. So here, here I am, you know, while getting watched by one of the best, you know, referee coaches in the world. And I, I just completely screwed the pooch. It wasn't like a, you know, game changing call. It wasn't like anything else. It was just like, yep, that was really dumb. So I, you know, I owned it. I just was like, hey, got to roll with it. So I, uh, you know, ended up finishing the game, and I go up to Dick, and I'm like, that forward pass. He's like, dude. He just laughed, and he's like, look, if, if it's not clear and obvious, don't call it. And the coach came up to me after, so where's the consistency? You know, like, and I'm just like, have a good day, mate. <laughs> so I think consistency is a tough question. I think it's going to be defined by you, and you've got to create your own definition for that. But do your best to make the same calls in the first minute as the last minute. Things are going to change, yes, but your standards should remain very similar. So, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. See you later.